Oh, uh, we got good hoops tonight, including Victor Wembanyama, yeah. Spurs Knicks, 7:30 Eastern Time tonight. Then we got Jokic and the defending champs taking on Steph and the Warriors. That's an outstanding doubleheader tonight. NBA countdown tips it off, 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. All right, we're having too much fun here today. It's wonderful to have Lewis Riddick back for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Tons of football as we continue live from the Seaport, brought to you by Chase. We also have Heather and Paul with us here. This is a day, and I promise all the NFL conversation is coming, but this is the overwhelming story in the world of sports, and it is coming to a head literally as we speak. Huge developments in the sign-stealing scandal involving Michigan. The Wolverines have until today to respond to the Big Ten's notice of disciplinary action and a punishment to head coach Jim Harbaugh could very likely come almost immediately thereafter. Now, Desmond Howard, Michigan football legend, and of course our colleague, posting on social media his opinion, saying as additional facts come to light, we've seen the danger of rushing the judgment. There is a process in place that should be adhered to. It is one that every single member of the Big Ten would insist on following too if targeted with similar allegations. Everybody here is is bursting at the seams to jump in on this because it has such far-reaching implications. And, of course, Paul Feinbaum with us as well with his insight into all of it. But I start with Heather Dinich uh, because no one is more connected and understands the details of all this because I know it's been difficult to follow over the last few weeks. So, Heather, I start by giving you the floor. What is going on today? Why is this such a critical day in this investigation? Greeny, the latest twist was reported yesterday by my colleagues Adam Rittenberg and Tom Van Heron, and it was about Michigan now alleging that Ohio State and Rutgers last year colluded against Michigan by stealing the Wolverines signs and giving them to Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. Michigan is telling the Big Ten that Ohio State gave Purdue their offensive signals and Rutgers gave Purdue their defensive signals. The Big Ten passed that on to the NCAA and it is unclear right now whether or not what Ohio State and Rutgers did violates any NCAA rules or the Big Ten sportsmanship policy. The bottom line now, Greeny, is that what they reported yesterday is not expected to change the fact that Jim Harbaugh is likely facing a suspension by the Big Ten for what Michigan did possibly as soon as tomorrow. And let's be clear on what the parameters of that might be. What might Harbaugh be looking at here in terms of length of suspension? Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti has the authority for a standard suspension, which is up to two games and a $10,000 fine. But he can absolutely do more than that as long as he has the approval of an executive board. And my colleague Adam Rittenberg, his sources are telling him that it is likely it is more than two games and that that executive committee, which is comprised of some Big Ten officials, would rubber stamp that. Now, it, there are a lot of unknowns and it still has to play out, so we'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens, it's important to note that the Big Ten sportsmanship policy says that Michigan is not allowed to um, challenge whatever punishment is levied against it by the Big Ten. 
All right, and so the timing of this becomes critically important. Again, everyone here is dying to jump in, but Paul, I'm going to give you the first word. This obviously is something you've been following closely. No one is more connected to college football, uh, in my knowledge, than you are. What, what is your biggest picture take on this right this minute? I think all eyes, Greeny, are on the Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, because someone has to show some leadership here. Someone has to be an adult, because right now what we have in the Big Ten is what every conference commissioner fears, a food fight. We saw this 35 years ago in the Southwest Conference, and SMU ended up getting the death penalty, and the league was disavowed, was dissolved. So what what can he do? Uh, he has to do something, I think, and, and what he, he is doing is investigating it. You don't want to rush to judgment but I don't see how he can't rush to judgment. And based on the information that he's getting and the sources are indicating that he doesn't suspend Jim Harbaugh indefinitely. I know that we've, we've been through the machinations of the Big Ten policy, but that seems very likely. And, and without doing that, uh, everything that happens from here on with the University of Michigan is, Michigan is going to be tainted. And I think that's the real issue here for college football. There's so many other things going wrong with the sport. There's so many allegations being levied. But can you imagine, Greening, on January 8th, if, if, if Michigan wins the national championship, and Jim Harbaugh is given that trophy, I think the rest of the, the, the sports world is going to turn its nose in disgust. And that's a real issue here. And I think what, what Petiti has to do is, is take a page from Roger Goodell, like it or not, and, and take control of the situation because you can't obviously wait on the NCAA. We'll be waiting the rest of our lives for them to rule on this. To be very clear, just using the timeline that you're describing, that date is two months, almost exactly, um, from right now. They have three regular season games remaining. They play Penn State this weekend, which is a challenging game. In fact, in our analytics actually make Penn State a very, very, very slight favorite. Then they're at Maryland, which is a game they are expected to win. Then, of course, the huge showdown, as always, with Ohio State. After that would be the Big Ten championship game if they get that far. And then the college football playoff. Heather, timeline here. Should we be expecting something from the Big Ten, or should I even bring up the NCAA, at some point in that timeline, meaning before the end of the season, before the national championship game? The Big Ten, yes, because in the sportsmanship policy, it states that the commissioner is expected to act as expeditiously as possible in determining a punishment if violations have occurred. For the NCAA, Greedy, no, absolutely not. This is something that is highly unlikely to have any conclusion before the end of the season, which is why the CFP and Executive Director Bill Hancock have said repeatedly that as long as Michigan is eligible to be play in a bowl game, it's eligible to be ranked by the committee. Okay, so as I bring it out to the desk, and Paul and Heather, please stay with me to answer any questions that may come up here because the group is jumping out of their seats to get in on this story. I hope everyone is understanding the magnitude of this. You're talking about a team that each of the last two seasons has played in the college football playoff and feels very likely to be there again, and they could be doing so without their head coach. They could be doing so with this scandal hanging over their heads. We're talking about as big a story as we've seen in college football in quite some time. Don Dominique, get us started. Hall said take a page out of Roger's book, and that got my attention right away. <laughs> okay. I will warn you, Petiti, yep. in the Big Ten, do not do that. I think the reason why we assume that processes and consistency, like due process in general, we assume that it's to protect the accused. It is, but it is also to protect the integrity of the institution. 
So once the Big Ten starts going off and um, behave, reacting to emotion, reacting to pressures of other institutions, you then compromise the integrity of this particular investigation, and then you also create an expectation that you must live up to going forward. Right. And again, if you want to take a page out of Roger Goodell's book, once he started doing this extrajudicial punishment, then the expectations became on him to do those all the time. Before, investigations were completely were completed. Then we end up in a world where we got these special secret lists where you got to put people over here, you got to yep. put people over there because mm -hmm. you can't do it. So once you open that can of worms, while it will feel gratifying right now, and people will celebrate you for the weeks to come, like, look, he acted fast. He was mm -hmm. decisive. He saved us. Wait till the next time something happens. Right. They're going to come to you again and they're going to say, fix it like you did last time. And there will be chances, there will be opportunities where you will not, there will be, not be an easy answer. Yeah. There won't be something that everyone will say, will applaud you for. It's a dangerous Precedent. Sometimes you have to go outside of the traditional process because the circumstances call for it. This is not one of those times. You end up um, compromising the integrity of the institution and the leaders of it. That's such an important part of this story. Before everyone else gets in on that part, let's play Stephen A. yesterday. Lest Ooh. anyone wonders, well, is Paul Feinbaum the only person who feels that way? Absolutely not. Listen to Stephen A. Smith yesterday on this subject on First Take. The Michigan Wolverines should be banned from the college football playoffs until the investigation is complete. You do not get to go to the college football playoff and rob potentially another institution from getting one of those final four spots. If it is open, the, po the possibility is open that you may have cheated to get your way there. I got a lot of heads yeah. shaking here. Why, 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 why do we have an issue with that? Okay, so let's, let's, let's fast forward to next season. We get three games away from it. Let's bring, let's bring a case. Let's bring allegations. Let's do it again. Suspend them. We, they can't yeah. play in it again, bro. We're going to go do – like, I, he may be completely guilty, talking about Jim Harbaugh. But to, to, to Neek's point, what I said earlier in the first hour, you have got to go through the process. You can't just let this thing win. Because let me tell you something. There are haters. Whether you believe it or not, yeah. there are people out there who would – want to sabotage a program. I understand Jim Harbaugh is not a well-liked individual or, or might not be well-liked throughout the league, right? But your, your school could potentially face the exact same thing. You better be careful when you start treading in, you know, hey, I want justice immediately without yeah. everything it, going through this. It's, it is a slippery slope really quick, what we're talking about. Is when you are at a leadership position, oftentimes you are making decisions that do the least amount of harm. So where Stephen A is coming from, I understand because right there you're trying to protect the other players and other schools who may have, been, who may have played fairly. You say you don't want them to be – put out of the playoffs because someone else cheated. But you have to understand that the amount of harm that you are doing in the long term right. yeah. process is worse than the amount of harm that you are preventing by allowing I way too high for the that. Word, I think the word Stephen mentioned was possibility. Yeah. And just that, yeah. it, before we even have due process, I think is a no slippery way. slope. Right, here, very quickly, I'm making an executive decision. Julian Goldstick, our producer, just anything else we were doing, forget Dick, it. I'm staying done. on this now until, until we get to the end of it. But this is just too important. Paul, I think the way people envision this right now, to, to make Jeff's point and, and Dominique's point, is that this was a few other schools in the Big Ten, like, you know, with pitchforks, you know, in the town, you know, racing into the castle. Is that basically what we're looking at? Because that is something that could happen in the ACC. It could happen in the SEC. It could happen anywhere if, if we allow this to happen without due process. That is true, but I think I think that's why I said the commissioner has to split the difference somewhere. He he has to do something 
He's already sent the message, we understand, that there is going to be a penalty here. To me, this is like being indicted and you work for a company and they say, listen, uh, we're going to suspend you indefinitely until we can clarify that. And I realize we're getting into another world here. But in, in, in many respects, Jim Harbaugh has been indicted in this. He's been accused of it. And the commissioner wouldn't be moving forward if he hasn't seen evidence that would support at least the air of, of, of malfeasance. So... That's why I think he needs to take Jim Harbaugh out of the, out of the, the quotient. By the bottom line, the players can still play. They'll, they'll have, they'll have, they've, they've already had three games this year without Jim Harbaugh, and they did quite well. Uh, Harbaugh, to me, is the problem. Now, what Stephen A. said uh, is, is really too big of a hill to climb. You can't take uh, a team out of the playoffs uh, while, 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 the plot, while the process is going on because they'll be disqualified from it. So, I mean, I understand where his heart is, and, and I think a lot of coaches agree with him in principle, but in practicality, you simply can't do that right now. Right. Let me get Lewis in here. Go. See, people better be real careful about how far down this hole you want to go. As far as, look, I, I, I understand if you take it beyond what the scope of the rules say you can take it as far as preparing for an opponent, advanced scouting, you know, studying other people's signals. Coaches share information all the time. Folks. All the time. Don't think that everybody just works in a bubble and no one talks to each other. That's ridiculous. <laughs> People need to stop being naive about this. If Jim broke the rules as far as sending a guy to another place and he's sitting in the stands and he has his camera phone up and he's sitting there filming another sideline, then whack the person who is responsible for that, the person who did it. Jim, look, you're going to have to take the fall because you're supposed to know everything that's going right. on around your organization and all. But to take this whole football team yeah. off the field and take these kids out of the college no football way. playoff is just ridiculous. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that right now simply because – they have not really come out and said, okay, look, this is what happened. This is who we're going to hold accountable. It's still an ongoing type of thing, right? I, I, but here's the thing. I, I just want to say this, Green. No, I want to say no. this. Look, coaches – look, I, I've been involved in football. We've all been involved around football for a long time. You don't think that there have been teams that have won significant games, championships – because of information they have gleaned from watching across the sideline to see what signals are being given, and then coaches make offensive calls, and all of a sudden you're like, damn, that coach is a genius. He called the right play. You think that that hasn't happened before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that all of a sudden now every team that has won a national championship did it the squeaky clean way, and they didn't have any signals. They had no tips. They had no indicators about what the other team was doing. And I'm not saying that absolves Jim for what he did or what he allegedly did or what, their, what was going on in their organization as far as filming other teams' sidelines and all. You have to pay the price if you broke the rule. But here's the other thing. Big Ten, NCAA, get it together. Tighten up these rules. Make it very objective. You cross this line, this is what's going to happen to you. Right. Okay? Don't have it be so, um, you know, just so, like, open to interpretation to where all of a sudden now the person who is levying the punishment can, has all this leeway to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to suspend you. I'm not going to suspend you. I don't think I like you, so I'm going to hit you. You know, you can't have it like right. that. And that's what it seems like right now. People are just kind of grasping. We've lived in this world. Yeah. yeah why why did you just say it reminds you of your union days? Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's um, league punishment is something that I think in my time as leadership of the union was something that I think we dropped the ball on. And it's because there was a stretch of a period of time where there were a number of arrests. 
And we as players were offended by the amount of arrest. So we, prior to that, we were in a world where it was like you wait till some sort of conviction before a player could be penalized. And we were all upset by it also. So we were like, cool. Actually, we don't need to wait for that. These guys are out of control. Let's do something about that. And we thought these um, extraordinary times caused for us to allow for this extraordinary situation. We did that then, and we have never gotten the power back since then. And we have gotten to situations where guys have been punished for things way prematurely mm. and inconsistently. I, I will remind everyone that Dominique and Jeff Saturday together were the leadership of the NFL Players Association for a long period of time. Let me go back to Paul on all of this. Paul, go ahead. I want, I want to make one point because I think everybody's made fantastic points about gaining advantages, and Lewis said it goes on. It does go on, but let's go back a couple of years when this began and study the intent, assuming these allegations are true, in relation to Jim Harbaugh. He was about to get fired at the University of Michigan. His program had capsized. The school was on the bubble during the COVID year, Greeny, as you well remember. He mm -hmm. came this close. And what has happened since then? He's been to the playoffs twice, and he has a top three team right now. So I think that's to explain why so many people are so outraged, because it, when, he, when, he, we, when we didn't know he was doing this, and apparently he wasn't doing this, he was losing at Michigan. He yep. was getting run by Ohio State every year. Suddenly, things have changed. Why? That, that, that is, I've heard a really, lot of people. Really, you know what? You know what? Here, I'll tell you what. You want to know how you can fix this whole freaking thing as far as stealing signs? Try to preach. Put the coach to player communication in the helmet and be done with it. Said it for day one. Be done with they it. But why, why can't we get that done? They vote it down every what, Why? Exactly. Why? Exactly. To, why to are you sure, voting it down? To make sure everyone knows what Lewis is talking about. We know that in the NFL, the coaches talk directly into the helmet. There's nothing to steal. Of the quarterback and of, of one player on the defense. They don't do that in college. Yeah, and don't don't talk to me about, well, there's too many players. You know, there's too many guys. No. You know, what if one guy gets hurt? You have to put it in like four or five. Don't talk to me about that stuff. You can do it. Don't, don't make excuses like Heather, you can fix this. Get back in here, Heather Dinich. Okay, I want to make a couple of points here. One, this has galvanized Michigan's players like you can't even imagine. Yeah. I want to say that. They're completely united, us against the world mentality right now. There's that. Two, for all of the allegations, the most important thing to remember is something everyone kind of touched on, which is head coach responsibility. And it's the NCAA rule, whether Jim Harbaugh knew or not, that specifically states he can be held responsible for the actions of his staff and individuals associated with the program. That's important. And I just want to remind everyone that there is an ongoing NCAA investigation that has nothing to do with this, that is about recruiting violations in 2020, which is why he was already suspended for the first three games of the season. So to go back to Stephen A's comments and everyone talking about punishment, if the NCAA finds, after how many years of investigating, that there are two level one violations, it is certainly possible that Michigan at some point could have to vacate wins. So there are multiple issues going on here. This is a fraction of it. But I also just want to add one more thing. Michigan's pushback is this is all happening about three weeks after they learned of these allegations. Michigan wants due process. This is so unique in that the NCAA has not had time to go through its entire investigation, obviously, and the Big Ten is jumping in. This is, that's Michigan's point. There have been far more egregious things, 
like in basketball, FBI on tape, that haven't resulted in any punishment until the conclusion of the NCAA. Heather, I've got 20 seconds left, but I want to just make, make one thing clear based on what Stephen A. said and what Paul Feinbaum said. I have in my mind thought of this all along as all or nothing, meaning if they throw the book at Michigan, then Michigan all of a sudden isn't playing for the college football playoff. But what, you, what, what I feel like Paul is saying is you can suspend the coach, yeah. but if Michigan keeps on winning, they go anyway. That, that, that is still on the table. The selection committee would consider Michigan without Jim Harbaugh, just like it does as Georgia without Brock Bowers, a key player or coach missing for injury, illness, suspension, all of it's the same. Wow. Okay. Again, I hope that we have made it clear here what all the things that are going on. This, this is college football's, you know, one of the, the blue blood, the bluest of the blue blood programs, and it is all coming to a head as we speak. Meanwhile, we'll get to the NFL as we continue in just a moment. If the Patriots are rebuilding, is Bill Belichick the person you want doing that job? We'll talk about it. Plus, Dak was great on Sunday, but it wasn't enough. Are the Cowboys destined for disappointment again? We're on our way to the NFL right after this. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Come on, get up. Hey, everybody. People Magazine named its sexiest man alive. And guess who was a finalist? Jason Kelsey. Woo! 
<laughs> that is what I'm talking about. How many people realize? I feel you, man. You should have won. You got Rob, respect, and you put it, you put us on the map, Jason Kelsey. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, he tweeted afterwards, a beauty is in the eye of the beholder. As opposed to Patrick Dempsey was named uh, sexiest man alive he, uh, He's probably already won it. Give it to somebody new. Let's go Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Come on, people. See, 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 Jeff thinks he's looking in a mirror, basically, when he looks at Jason Kelsey. It's like the beard, the skin, you know. As we continue. As they say, Dak and Dallas coming up. We'll get there. And then Roger spoke. And boy, do I have a lot to say about what he had to say. Don't miss it. We're sexy this morning ourselves. <laughs> Get up. <laughs>We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bottom of the hour, back on Get Up, and we have some controversy. We've got in-house discord. So we've been talking about (laughs) Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. He played great, all of that. That conversation came up earlier this morning. Mm. And you know who was watching? Mm. Our friend Stephen A. Smith, who tweeted at you, Lewis. Yeah, that's the wrong Lewis, but he tweeted. Well, well, we found it anyway. He tweeted, "Well, damn, Lewis Riddick. Are there any other ifs you'd like to throw into the equation on Get Up? Good Lord, you did everything but give Dak a manicure and pedicure. If Dak has this, that, and the third, stop it. Ain't happening. But you can set the Cowboys fans up for the inevitable fall. Actually, I like that." That's Stephen A. Fucking go. That hate consumes him. Mm. Consumes him when it comes to the Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys fans. Look, what I said was objective, man. No agenda. I'm just telling to you straight up. This offensive line is legit. Dak is playing good ball. They should have got a new running back. There's no question about that. And look, if the offensive line stays healthy, Jalen Tolbert plays good, they keep moving CD around, they're going to be there. That's just a fact, whether you like it or not. Now, I know Stephen A. just wants to see them Cowboys fans cry. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. And they may. But they're going to be there in the end. I think here's, they're going to be Here's my question. Let's talk. The, 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 the topic that right. uh, started all that was I asked, are the Cowboys the biggest threat to the Eagles? Oh, yeah. And the answer generally seemed like it was, yes, here's the issue. Styles make fights. We talk about that all the time. I like the Cowboys better against the Eagles than I like them against San Francisco. If For they sure. run into the 49ers, that is their Waterloo. Yeah, that's a problem. And I think the, the offensive line of the Cowboys has people that are playing well. I would not say that the offensive line is playing well. And I think that is the problem. Yeah, they can't create a running attack, and they can't consistently protect Dak across the board. That's the issue. If they could address that, and the problem is the two teams in the NFC that they're going to have to beat, the Eagles or the 49ers, 
Oh, they got some D linemen, and the Eagles and the 49ers added another one to, yeah. to the party. And well, if only I had someone who knows everything yeah. about offensive line sitting <laughs> yeah. right here. So, so your issue last week was Terrence Steele. He struggled against the Eagles, right? He got he got matched up. They can find a way. If if Smith on the outside stays healthy and he can play Tyron Smith at the left tackle, I mean left tackle spot, the Cowboys will be fine in pass blocking. The issue for their run blocking. But look at that. That's Terrence Steele yeah. getting. I mean, he just swatted. He's not even by, in right? the way. So so the issue for them is how can we help. Him, whether it's a running back or it's a tight end, we ought to figure some things out. To, to Neek's point about the run game, they have changed styles from last year to this year. They don't do nearly as many. They don't physically impose their will on defensive lines, which at the end of games matters. Like, it, it goes by the wayside. All of a sudden, all these guys look super fresh the last nine plays of the game. That's what they have to figure out. Jeff, I'm, I'm, I'm look, isn't it a, like <clears> – <throat> You're an offensive lineman. Offensive line, every offensive lineman I talk about is about it's about mentality. It's about mm-hmm. let me get up on my That's toes right. and come off the ball. That's right. Let me start to feel right. myself a little bit. And on top of it, wow, if you only had a back who was like 210, 215, that also could be who as a defender, you're sitting there going, I don't want no more I don't big boy. I don't that care guy. if it's only a three-yard run, because next thing you know, the three-yard becomes five, becomes ten, That's right. becomes a plus twenty. And they don't have that either. That's right. So it's not. It's not like this offensive line sucks and can't knock people no. off the ball. Let them. That's right. And then Fair. why didn't you get another back? Preach. See, you guys all know the sport way better than I do. But, but what drives me crazy as a fan is when the predictable thing becomes the problem. Yeah. It, problems are going to come up all the time in yeah. football and in life that you didn't foresee. That's mm-hmm. life. But when the obvious problem is what's killing you, Ryan Clark said this in July. He said running Tony Pollard into the middle of the of the line is like bringing a, a, a Ferrari mm-hmm. to a, a demolition. demolition derby. Right. We all saw this coming five yes. months ago. Finding those incremental areas that you can improve those inches, because in the league, like every game is decided by seven points, three points. Right. Well. How do you find that so we can make that one play that the other team can't stop? That one guy. Because, look, you said it best and you know it. Yeah. It's about the play. It's a player's league now. Right. The difference like, in the running game that I would say is we want big plays, and Tony Pollard can give you that. But sometimes it's nice when they blocked you for two yards, but you got four. Absolutely. Second and six is a lot different than second and eight. And that's not something that we're going to do highlights on or Dan Orlovsky is going to do yeah. tape on. Let but me, it matters. Let me just mm-hmm. say, let me get when, when we watch the Cowboys. You mentioned Smash Mouth football earlier. We're talking about impose your will. You're talking about the 49ers and the Eagles, two bully teams, like physicality. Mm -hmm. Like, they bring that smoke every play. And the the Cowboys almost feel like finesse. Like, I want to know, like, late in the game, can you can you literally impose your will on the opposition right. on the defense? And I and and they have the pieces on this roster, but they don't have the extra thing. And Jerry's like Jerry when he talks, he says stuff like, you know, if Dak plays if Dak plays the way he did, we right. should be all right. This is a game. I want to see them make a move where they have a great roster, but what's the added piece? Especially when you're in the division against yeah. the Eagles, who continuously add and add and add because how we understand this move might, this flashy move, 
hey, it might do something, and we can always improve this roster, and, and the, I want listen, the Cowboys to do the that. The 49ers ain't signing Chase Young long-term, most no, likely, right? No, he's, he's there to go rush the edges of Philadelphia and Dallas in the playoffs. Those are My biggest indictment on the Cowboys wasn't preseason, right? Like, I get it. We all saw that coming, but you have literally seen it play out halfway through the season. You realize you're poor in the red zone. You realize on third and shorts, and it's tough to it's tough. bring go get a back who's a bring your own blocker guy. Go make those two yards, four yards. When you had the potential of a Derrick Henry or or Dalvin Cook, yeah. whatever that looks like, you have to go find that guy because to to your point, Dak can't always. Dak is an incredible football player. And we, you know, two months ago, y'all were talking about he won't get another contract with Dallas. The reality is he's good enough to win you a Super Bowl. You have to have other pieces. It matters. And they, and you have, know, they have not done You know that. what's wild about what you say about San Francisco, about them being bullies? Okay. They still figured it wasn't quite good enough up That's front. right. Yes. Like Nick isn't quite getting there. That's Eric right. Armstead That's isn't right. quite getting That's there. Yeah. So you know what? We didn't just get Chase Young. Remember this dude who wears, I believe he wears Jersey 5 now, named Randy Gregory? Yep. They got a bunch of them. That's right. So John Lynch is like, hey, I'm going to get another one and another one. I'm going to keep right. throwing. I'm gonna... Dallas, man. Mm. I, I may be facing discipline, but for the second time in this hour, I'm doing this again. <laughs> Sorry, Julian. I'm not going where you wanted to go because they're yelling in my <laughs> ear. But, but I have to ask a whole other question because we can talk all we want about the physicality. We can talk all we want about the offensive line. We can talk all we want about the running backs. There's another factor in all of this. That team runs out of time every big game. And that's not on the offensive line. You're talking about that's on the coach. That, that is on the how, – how many – what other team have we seen lose as many big games because the clock runs out on them? They had first and goal with 27 seconds left and only got off three plays. Guys, do we have enough faith in the person handling that that Dallas gets to the Super Bowl? No. Like, simply not. Like, he's, he's given us enough reason to believe that we shouldn't. I think some of that management falls on the quarterback. He's out there, too. He's been around in these situations enough times to be able to make these decisions. But it goes back to the point that you are making about if there is something unforeseen. Like, we don't have a play called for if a UFO lands in the middle of the field. Okay, I'll excuse that. But the clock going down and you get sacked? Yeah. We should be ready for that. We should know that we spike that. We should know right. that we're a timeout. Right. It's like you wake up in the morning and it says it's a 75 percent chance of rain and you walk out the door without an umbrella and then get mad yeah. that you got mm-hmm. wet. These are things that they can prepare for that they should understand and they should practice. Let, let, me, <laughs> let, let me say this because this is a great point, right? But let me I played with two Hall of Famers in, in Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. And let me just tell you something in every headset because you can hear it, right? You, he's standing in front of me. It would be, if it's we're inside the eight-yard, remember, not there, throw it away. Remember, go down, spike the ball. Like, I, I get it. There, you, you know, Dak has to have some ownership, but there's also things going on. He's doing a million different things right. at the line of scrimmage, trying to figure it out. But it has to be said, that's why yeah. your play caller being able to speak into his ear until 15 seconds matters, because he's giving him that last key moment. Can't take a sack here, no matter did what. You guys do, right? Did you guys do two-minute drill at the end of practice? Every day. Every single day. Every day. Every day. Every we would day. have a different scenario at the end of practice, two minutes. Every day. They should be practicing this at the end of every day. That's what we well, do. That, and these situations aren't new see, to you because you've done it before. That's why, like, like, even though we're talking about the Cowboys here, I'm just going to take this to the Patriots here real quick. See, that's what we're talking about. Like, do you think Bill has lost his mastery of that? Right. Right. Hell no, he hasn't. Right. So you would sit there and go, Let's just say if Bill were to go down to Dallas and coach that team in those situations. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, so, 
Yeah. It's a combination of you know, people exactly. who, that, yeah, that's who what we're, can develop a roster with right. someone who can coach a team. Right. right. So it, it's, there's, there's so many things that go into this. Like, and I know we focus on the easy targets. Yeah. Dak throws interceptions. Dak isn't able to, like, layer the ball in there. Dak isn't a good enough scramble. Dak is – like, we, we, we always take the low-hanging fruit when we know. But there's a lot more underneath yeah. that's going to go into this. And you know what? Mike is a big part of this. Yeah. McCarthy's going to be a big part of what happens here. That's right. You know it's going to play out. Well, but, the okay. fact that he took over play calling duties yeah. and said, I, this is what Kellen Moore was doing, yeah. that wasn't good enough. I want my stamp. And what we're watching is an offense that has been inconsistent. It's been good the last couple of weeks. But, again, I, I, heading into that, that Eagles game, I thought the key was going to be protecting Dak and then CeeDee Lamb. Got to score two touchdowns. Like, I need, they need to get CeeDee Lamb the ball. And each mm. week you watch things and you say – that's a snippet of what they should look like. Dak running the football. That I've missed that. Do more of that. And then you don't see it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the frustrating thing. And then McCarthy, the fact that we're even talking about clock management and game management and in-game scenarios, that's an issue. I really do think Mike McCarthy. Of, as someone who no, let coached, Jeff do that. As someone who coached 10-year-old flag football for one season, it's real hard. It's a lot of things <laughs> going on in your head. It's a lot of things happening at one yeah. time. It's not easy, guys. I, Jeff, I, I, we don't have anybody at this table that knows anything about that. I will let you know, except for me. Of eight games of that, there is a lot coming at him. And, but he did decide to take on that role as the play caller. But it, there, are, there are reminders in in-game moments that change games. And to, to Lewis's point, like – the good ones figure that out, and they work with that guy. And I played with two of the smartest to ever do it. They still had to have reminders, right? Like, like they're ha- Because, again, you may go – people don't realize. You'll go up there with six different plays. It's not a – it is not a call it and run it. You're walking up there. Yeah. If they're in this coverage, you're going to do this. If they're in robber, we're going to do this. If they're, I like, hated all, playing against y'all yeah. because of that foolishness. Exactly. <laughs> Even time we thought we knew like what we were six doing. plays and what happens after the play, like – like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's right. a lot. Even I can't blow out a break. So we got to take a quick <laughs> one, and then we're coming back with much more. Uh, by the way, we got great hoops tonight. Wimby! Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs taking on the Knicks. Then we got Jokic and the Nuggets taking on Steph and the Warriors. Tip it off tonight with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN. Coming up, Rodgers speaks, and boy, do I have a lot to say about what he had to say. So we'll do that, and we'll do this. Sneaky Hembo for Dominique. What was the first team in NFL history to win at least 14 games in consecutive seasons? Both the Eagles and Chiefs could do it this year. What was the first team to win at least 14 games in consecutive seasons? The answer is next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, here we go. This is a great question. Sneaky Hembo. The Eagles and Chiefs are both aiming to win at least 14 games in back-to-back seasons. Remember, they've only been playing 16-game seasons for about 40 years. What was the first team in NFL history to win 14 games or more in back-to-back years? So, I know Jeff's team did it, but that was too recent. It had to be 80s and 90s type of team. I'm thinking 49ers come to mind. That feels a little too obvious. Who else was good back then? Um, You had the the Bears were good. The Bills were good. I'm not not blinking. Broncos. (laughs) I'm going to go with the... Chicago Bears. That's right. Give it to me. Oh, my goodness. That is correct. The, Bears, the 85 Bears won 15 games. The 86 Bears, whose defense is just as good, uh, won 14 games. Hembo goes down. Hembo was very Hitting proud. Hitting these britches because it's my house, Hembo. <laughs> Hembo was excited that Graziano apparently texted him the wrong answer. Take that, Dan. You too. <laughs> All right. That's well done by Dominique. Very good. Let's put up our mid-season report cards. Here we go. Let's see how tough our grades are. Hey, Jeff, we're talking about the Bears. What grade do you give this year's Chicago Bears? Uh, That would be an F. Uh, I'm not sure how else we would go about this thing. It's been ugly. I mean, I think yesterday you said the coaches who were getting fired and didn't know it yet or something like that. It's uh, it's ugly. Fields has been injured. Uh, Yeah, you you feel bad for the Bears. They just can't get out of their own way right now. How about the New York football Giants, Lewis Riddick? What grade do we give them? I just didn't want to go all the way with the F because they've had some injuries. You know, Saquon's missed time. Andrew Thomas has missed time. Daniel Jones has missed time. Now he's going to miss a whole lot of time. But this team has been a disappointment, man. I thought they had addressed the offensive line. I thought they had addressed the weaponry on the perimeter. I thought the defense was going to be better and be shut down. It has just fallen apart for this team. It's just a disappointment no matter how you cut it. I have a question. Are you eligible with an E average? (laughs) No, you're not. Kmart, Patriots, what grade do you give them? I'm not going to be soft like Lewis. They get an F, okay? Um, she called me soft. Because, because we literally are now debating whether one of, if not the greatest head coach of all time, should really be shown the door. Like he's forgotten how to coach football. But nothing in New England looks right. The quarterback looks terrible. Bill, has he lost his way? It's just a mess. All right, look, I mean, the Bill Belichick and the Patriots are in a fascinating place. If the season ended today, they'd have the fifth pick. For the record, wow. Bill Belichick in his career has only picked inside the top five one time, and that was in 1991 with the Browns, his first draft. They took a safety, Eric Turner, who was a longtime teammate of Lewis Riddick's. But that's not the story here. The story is Bill. And, and here's the bottom line. I know I speak for everyone here, including you who played for mm. Bill. We have the utmost respect for Bill Belichick as a coach. The question is, if you are rebuilding a football team, which clearly they need to do. Do you want to do that with a 71-year-old coach? Do you believe the Patriots in the big picture are better off moving on from Bill? No. 
I mean, I don't think his age matters as long as he is yeah. lucid. Like, I mean, at this point, coming off of Election Day, it's hard for me to say that 71 is old. But I would say that Bill Belichick, uh, given what he's done uh, recently and what his track record suggests, I will say that Bill Belichick no longer seems like the humble coach who found uh, market inefficiencies who was willing to switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3 when the circumstances deemed it necessary, who was innovative enough to go to two tight end sets before everybody else was doing it, who found the market inefficiency of, you know what, people don't think white guys can play slot receiver. I'm going to get a whole bunch of them. (laughs) He found all these market inefficiencies and and had success, and he was zigging while everyone else was zagging, and it worked. Now he's zigging and everyone else is zagging, and he's losing. And it seems to me that that suggests that he – um, believes that he is smarter than everyone else, whereas before it was like, I see an opportunity. Well, now it's like, I know what's best. I have to say this out loud because I know people watching at home are going to say it. When he hasn't had Tom Brady, it hasn't looked the same. People are well, going to wonder if this has just been about having the greatest no, quarterback you, of all time. You, no, and you, you could say that about every Hall of Fame coach, by the way. You don't think Andy Reid's uh, legacy is getting pushed by Patrick Mahomes? Of course. Yeah, 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 don't, don't lie to yourself, right? Like This guy's a great football coach. The point that you asked was, should he be around for the rebuild as a coach, but not as the GM? The GM has shown himself as the GM. That's why you're rebuilding is because you haven't had a good draft since before or around Gronk, right? Like, like those are issues that you have to understand are real and valid, and now we have to fix it. You're, when you walk on the field with a New England Patriots right now, you believe the other team has the better team. That is that You should never walk onto a field that way, and that's where they sit. Yep. Belichick used to – it's almost like the Tomlin. Like, Belichick used to give you five games. Just sheer off of – he is Bill Belichick, like off of straight coaching – I think the Patriot way exists in New England as long as Bill is there, but the Patriot way seems to have taken a detour somewhere, and Bill has to bring it back. It wasn't just Brady, but he cannot yeah. be allowed to do all things. Can I, can I say this about the Real Patriot quick, way? Yes. Because you talked about it. Let me just tell you, man. The Patriot way was because of Tom Brady, Teddy Bruschi, yep. Mike Vrabel, like Willie McGinnis, like Ty Law. Like, like, let me, let, let's just, like the Patriot way is not because of a coach. Um, it's because the dudes in the locker room brought that home, and they took ownership of the football team. A coach can't build that culture. They have to have the dudes in the locker room to do that. I understand that. I'm saying we will not be saying the phrase the Patriot way yeah. once Bill exits. Oh, then sure. what, that's, that's what, true. what that's is fast. in that's New true. England? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. That's that's true. true. Okay. Quick final word. Look, the, the game is still about the players. Yes. Bill had some real good players yes. in the 2000s and yeah. even in the early part of the early 2010s. Let's not forget that. He didn't flub on everything. No. Okay. He, 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 was, he brought Teddy Bruschi in there. He Absolutely. brought Roman Pfeiffer in there. He brought Richard Seymour in there. Correct. Ty Law in there. Got Rodney Harrison in there. Yeah. Brought Randy in there. Amen. So, look, he, had, he knows what he's doing, but I'll tell you what he needs right now, though. He needs someone to bounce stuff off of. That's right. He needs someone to go, Bill, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We can't do that. And they need to – like, he has – because the, it is what it is. Yeah. He needs more impact people, and he hasn't been getting them. That's right. Mm-hmm. One super quick final thing, because I insist. Aaron Rodgers on McAfee <laughs> yesterday. No, 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 no. Because someone here was right. Oh, Let oh, me oh. hear Aaron Rodgers on his timetable. It'd be nice to be able to be back in a couple weeks. That's probably uh, uh, not anywhere near a realistic timeline. So a couple's two, a few's three. Yep. A Rushmore is four. That's I'm right. aware of this. I'm aware right. Of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just saying. You know, Handful, it's gonna five, be. Five, it's gonna be a few. A pantheon. It's gonna be a yeah, few. Six. A few fortnights. It'll be a few fortnights. 
hmm, a few fortnights takes us to December 24th against Washington. If only someone had been saying that for a month and getting mocked, made fun of, where are all these blogs? Where are all these talk shows making fun of me now? I've been saying December 24th. I didn't make it up because he's been saying it. So there it is. So put that in your pipe and print it because he's been saying it. December 24th against Washington. That's from him. Okay, he said it, but he ain't do it. I don't know if he's doing it. All you got celebrating when he does it, then we can yell and push tables around and act wild. He can say anything. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It still feels pretty unreal. Put it in your pipe, pipe. and print it. That's exactly or right. What are the, whatever it is, whatever. The, uh, what are they what? saying in them streets? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, That's right. Sir. Put it in whatever you put things in to smoke these days. Uh, and smoke. It's, it's funny. He used a pipe and he said print it. No one prints it. Fair enough. First take is coming up. Uh, Dak Prescott, is he the best quarterback in the NFC? What should happen to Harbaugh? Molly, Stephen A. Mad Dog, top of the hour on ESPN. And there's the jersey. It's coming back December 24th. I've been telling you. Believe me now. We're out of time. Great fun today. Thanks for being with us. See you tomorrow. First take now. Come on.